Yo, what is up, Celtics Nation? Back here for episode two of the Guys in Green podcast. After a pretty interesting week of NBA basketball, the Boston Celtics are currently sitting at two wins and two losses. Of course, uh, we're on back-to-back wins now, and we will play again tonight against the Washington Wizards. So I just kind of wanted to come on and break down everything that happened over the past week. We will uh, take it from... Uh, box score number one which was against the New York Knicks obviously for opening night Uh, we got Jalen Brown with 46 points nine rebounds six assists and three steals that was in a loss uh, 134 to 138 in the double overtime thriller and uh, honestly I I think that uh, just coming out of uh, coming out of the gates in game one it was obvious that uh, you know Tatum started off slow. He ended with 20 points and 11 rebounds, but uh, obviously he really didn't help us uh, much along the way. And uh, I think the biggest thing we learned from Game One was that uh, Jason Tatum really needs to stop bitching at the refs. I, I feel like we've seen it numerous times in these four games where you know he's not getting the calls and uh, he gets lazy. Honestly, I said it before uh, in last episode of the podcast. You know, the worse the calls get, the lazier that he will get, the less the effort and the energy will be there, especially when he's not scoring the ball well otherwise. If his jumper's not there and he's not getting the foul calls, uh, you know we're sort of in for a rough game from Jason Tatum and from the whole team at that point. I mean, he's he's our main guy, arguably. Of course, we have uh, Jalen Brown, who has been putting in some big performances, obviously. Uh, besides that loss uh, to the Toronto Raptors, which, oh, I honestly don't even really know where to start with that one. Uh, we lost that game 83 to 115. Honestly, I, I don't even really have much highlighted about that game just because, I mean, it, it was an off night for, for everybody. I mean, let's be real. I'm pretty sure uh, Jalen Brown ended with like only like nine points. Uh, Jason Tatum, much of the same from the first game. Uh, not getting a lot of shots to go in, uh, not getting a lot of calls from the refs, and it seems like around that third quarter mark, which is, you know, kind of that uh, same thing we saw from last season, you know, that uh, terrifying third quarter that uh, we we really gave it up. Uh, we stopped trying. Obviously, Ime threw in the towel pretty early in that game, and we sort of sent in the bench uh, to round off the fourth quarter, because it, it was pretty obvious that we weren't going to be making a comeback in in that game we just got out hustled you know uh, Toronto's a very uh, long and physical team even though they didn't have Siakam it was clear to see that we were just outmatched in terms of uh, they were going to go get the boards and they were going to run transition they were going to you know keep pushing the ball up the floor to beat us and that's that's exactly what they did Um, moving on to the next game which was Boston versus Houston that one we won by 10, uh, 107 to 97. Jason Tatum posting 31 points and nine rebounds. Uh, Dennis Schroeder uh, notching 18 points, five rebounds, five assists. Grant Williams hit five threes in that game, having 18 points. Al Horford with 17 points, 10 rebounds, three steals, and three blocks. And you know, I, I don't think we can ignore how immense Horford's been for the squad since he's been back. He honestly looks like he's 25 out there. And it's clear to see that maybe his defense 
has even taken a leap from the last time he was with the Celtics. I mean, he he looks impenetrable in the paint. Uh, him and Rob Williams lead the league in blocks right now with uh, Al's averaging four and Rob is averaging three. And uh, that really can't be understated. I think that the double big lineup is definitely better than we've seen it in the past with these two. Uh, they're a force to be reckoned with on the defensive end, I think. In terms of not letting in shots and just uh, protecting the rim in general, it, it really uh, just provides cover down low that we really haven't seen in the past. Although it looks like sometimes we're a bit outsized. I think in terms of rim protection, it's it's not really an issue. You can see they're both leading the league in blocks, so it's it's really uh, those numbers kind of speak for themselves in terms of what these two can do together on the defensive end. That brings me on to my next point, which is that like you have to have one of them on the court basically at all times because there's been lineups where I've seen it seems like Romeo Langford has played power forward an extensive amount this season, which uh, is is a bit hard to to fathom in a way kind of uh, ties into another thing i wanted to talk about which is uh, that uh Ime's rotations have been absolutely atrocious at times you know and we can sort of hope that is uh growing pains and we're still trying to figure things out uh, you know in terms of what works and what doesn't but when you have rob or horford out of the lineup we are out rebounded by a large amount we have no uh, rim protection whatsoever. Uh, we saw in that Toronto game that Peyton Pritchard was having to get down low and try to box out to get us a single rebound, which is, it's never what you want to see. I think that Ime does have a lot to figure out in terms of what his solid rotation is going to be. I think uh, not having Horford or Rob out there is usually ending in a run for the other team which is something that we can sometimes afford, but not often. So just keeping those guys out there will definitely have to be a focal point. We can hope that the both of them stay healthy. Obviously, Al Horford has been, um, you know, probable and questionable on the injury report for the past few games. So we can sort of hope that that's something he can play with and will sort of get better over time because uh, if we're missing Al, it's, it's really going to be a, a big detriment to the team seeing how uh, he's able to lead the defense out there. And uh, he, he really hasn't slacked off on the offensive end either. I think uh, he offers the same type of thing that he offered when he was on the Celtics in his last tenure. He's able to uh, make quick, uh, you know, those snappy decisions to move the ball and get guys open. He's always diving to the basket and ready to create a shot down low. And if he does get it, he's one of those guys who will hit uh, an open guy on the three uh, a lot of the time. So that's, you know, that's going to be really important for us going forward. So, you know, we just hope uh, with his age, he can stay healthy and, you know, stay on the floor for most of the season. But uh, he, he's played in all of these games. So, and then uh, moving on, we got uh, Grant Williams obviously uh, scoring 18 points and hitting five threes in that win against Houston. And I think it's safe to say we can kind of confirm that Grant Williams may be uh, the real deal. Uh, currently, after uh, the four games, uh, Grant's averaging 11.8 uh, points per game, uh, two assists, nearly 60% from three, and 65% from the field. Uh, that just, you know, it, it can't go without saying 
uh, a lot of people counted Grant out last season because he didn't shoot well. I've never been one to share that opinion, but you know, I, I could see where guys were coming from last season, and uh, it's making a lot of people eat their words this year because uh, I've always said, really, what it's up to is can Grant hit the open threes? And uh, obviously, he's answered that question this year. Is uh, he's going to knock down the open shots? He's going to play hard defense. He's going to leave his heart on the floor. He's going to hustle every play and try to make something happen for this team. And I think uh, as Grant grows over the years, he'll become more of a leader. And uh, that's someone I want to keep on my team. I, I think that he sort of shares that same game winning mentality with Marcus Smart in a lot of ways. And I think he can impact winning as long as he keeps hitting uh, those open threes and making smart decisions, not trying to do too much just getting open hitting the shots and you know i don't really know uh, if there's more we could really ask from him and uh also uh schroeder posted 18 points in that game with uh going along with five assists you know i, I think that uh he is probably slowly earning that starting spot over marcus smart uh in my opinion and uh obviously uh, we won the game by 10 but i don't i don't think that really reflects uh, how close this game was up until the very end the Rockets really gave us a run for our money there in that fourth. Obviously, Tatum had to uh, sort of calm the storm, but I, I think Schroeder's done a good job in terms of running the offense and moving the ball and uh, driving to the paint, getting guys open. And honestly, I, I think that that's sort of his main priority. I don't think he's always handled the ball very well. I think there's been a few uh, just dumb mistakes and stupid turnovers. Moving on to our next game where he... Uh, posted 23 points in a 140 129 win over the charlotte hornets obviously just happening a couple nights ago it, it's one of those things where i'm kind of conflicted i can't really decide if schroeder's been really good or if he's been pretty bad i'd say uh, his stats say he's pretty good i mean he's he's got 14 points six assists shooting 30 percent for three which isn't great but i gotta be honest i, I would love to see him take less of those shots uh, 40% nearly from the field. I, I think those are pretty consistent numbers, and I think that that will either go up or down, uh, you know, when we solidify that starting lineup. Is he going to be in there or is he not? You know, I would think even his points per game would go down if he is sort of thrown in with the starters, seeing as how, as the games have progressed, I think we've seen the ball in uh, Tatum and Brown's hands a little bit more each game i think Ime's recognized that he's kind of got to let these guys handle the ball go out there and uh, do what they do best which is create shots not only for themselves but uh for the rest of the team as well uh you know that was uh, one of the points i wanted to bring up you know as i was taking notes throughout these games said uh tatum and brown uh, are definitely creating open shots for other guys i think that it's important that those guys don't settle for bad shots and I think they've been good at that, uh, getting downhill and then finding the open guys. The playmaking's been very good from both of those guys. I think they hit guys open on the three-point line consistently. It's sort of a matter of those guys converting those shots. And obviously, we've seen over these uh, few games that, you know, a lot of those three-pointers aren't going in. I think when they do start to go in, it will uh, definitely see a rise in both of their assist numbers. And uh, that could be pretty important, uh, leading to a lot of wins. 
and a lot of hard fought out games if we just uh, hit those shots that these two are creating for other guys and obviously in that win uh, over Charlotte Tatum posted 41 points seven rebounds eight assists so uh, definitely getting close to uh, that triple double mark Brown had 39 and three steals and uh, I, I think it goes without saying these two are obviously going to be the make or break for a lot of wins this season uh, those two are currently the NBA's highest scoring duo with 55.8 points per game together the second being just a, a point or so under that's at uh, Towns and uh, Anthony Edwards with 54.3. I think as long as both of these guys can string together good scoring nights at the same time, this team will really have no trouble. I think we can sort of scrape wins purely based off of their scoring and passing ability alone. And I mean, we saw it in that Charlotte game. Uh, we looked down and out and then these two started going on an absolute tear. Uh, one thing I would like to note is that Brown still has to touch the ball more. At the end of regulation, obviously, we ran a play to put the ball in Tatum's hands. And I think sometimes it gets a little monotonous and it gets a little obvious where we're going to go. I think Jalen Brown uh, running some more plays for him uh, would be a nice way to mix it up. And I think he's shown that ability to run the offense on his own sometimes when Tatum's not in the game. He uh, finds himself fading to the background sometimes when Tatum is in the game. I think kind of switching it up and letting him run the offense. Uh, he's just as good a passer in my eyes as Jason Tatum. So it's one of those things where it's a matter of just passing him the ball or uh, maybe it's a matter of him demanding the ball a bit more. I really don't like seeing him fade into the background like he has sometimes. I think uh, he uh, he's kind of interchangeable with Tatum in terms of that number one guy this season. I think that Tatum obviously has that uh, more natural scoring ability, but with the way Jalen Brown has been getting to the basket and just sort of uh, calmly finding his shot, he's definitely got a, a poised way about him where he doesn't really do too much most of the time. He makes his move and then he finds a shot and most of the time it's going in or he's finding a guy for an open shot. And uh, I would just like to see him touch the ball more. I tweeted it plenty of times on the page uh, during this uh, last few games that at times when he's in with the bench unit, he's not even touching the ball enough then. And he's clearly the best guy we got out on the floor. I mean, it's just kind of inexcusable. We got to utilize our best players especially when they're not out there together. Tatum sort of demands the ball a bit more no matter what uh, lineup is out there. So I just think Brown sort of got to do that same thing and say, give me the damn rock. I'm going to do what I do and we're going to get some buckets. Uh, in that last game, Jabari Parker posted 13 points. He was five from eight from the field, three for four from three, five rebounds. And I just think this dude came in with a chip on his shoulder, ready to be aggressive. Uh, ready to put some shots up and that was in a stretch of the game where uh, it looked like we were kind of fading out of it a bit and Charlotte was taking control and uh, he came in and said hell no uh, I'm not gonna let this happen obviously it was his first time in the game uh, this whole season seems like he really came in with that chip and he said you know not today it looked like he was clear and concise on what he was gonna do got the ball made his move put up the shot and obviously uh, we saw most of the time it went in. I, I think he sort of earned more minutes after that showing. I don't think he's bad enough defensively whatsoever, you know, from what we saw in that game to warrant him not getting the minutes. I think being able to stagger him with someone like Grant Williams in terms of being able to just spot up, get a bucket, sort of get us back in the game. That's going to be invaluable if he can keep putting up these types of numbers, uh, being very efficient. I don't really expect for him to go five from eight. 
uh, three for four from three every single game. But if he can offer up that type of performance basically every time, uh, there's no reason we shouldn't see him out on the floor. Now on to sort of this main discussion, which is uh, our starting point guard, Marcus Smart. In the box score that I got saved here, it just says uh, Smart uh, winning plays. This is sort of a, a big debate going on inside my own head as well as amongst uh, all of the Celtics fans on Twitter is uh, does Marcus Smart keep this starting spot? We've seen him have a rough performance basically every time around in each of these four games. But in the two games we won, he came up big uh, both times, uh, impacting the game in winning ways towards the end. Obviously on, uh, on Jalen Green uh, in uh, the Houston game, but against LaMelo Ball uh, in the Charlotte game, he just has this way of imposing himself on defense getting key steals, making key passes, and making a timely three that keeps us in the game, which has ultimately led to two wins. Uh, that's sort of invaluable. We know what Marcus Smart brings to the table. We know he's gonna chuck up a crazy three or uh, make a stupid pass every once in a while. But at the end of the day, if he's gonna be in there at the end of the game, winning it for us, getting key steals, getting key stops, making key baskets and key passes, uh, you know, that's uh, that's captain behavior if I've ever seen it. And uh, I sort of refuse to be on the Marcus Smart is absolutely terrible train from now on. Uh, just because we've seen when we win games, it's often because it was in his hands. And uh, I think that's exactly what we ask of him. We know what comes uh, with the territory at this point, And I think it's safe to say we can live with it if it's going to mean... You know, he's going to show up in the end and we're going to win it. I, I think it's these types of performances that'll win games in the playoffs and eventually move us on to the next round and the next round and the next round. And, you know, who knows uh, where this type of uh, winning mentality can take us, even if it's sort of a rough ride along the way. Uh, I think as long as we're winning games and he's impacting plays at the end of the game, we're going to live with it and uh, we're going to see where it takes us. Uh, Jalen Brown said this about Marcus Smart at the end of the last game uh, in his post-game press conference. Uh, Marcus Smart was terrific, by the way, especially at the end of the game. He may not get credit for having a great game, but defensively, he won that game for us. And I, I think that's true. Uh, not only did he play hard defense and get a, a key steal, you know, getting a fast break bucket for us or, you know, uh, whatever the case may be. Uh, he fouled out LaMelo Ball, which was obviously their main scoring option. He hit a couple of absolutely ridiculous threes from a, a long stretch. So uh, just taking him out of the game really meant that Charlotte would have no shot to get back into it. That that obviously the importance of that can't be uh, can't be denied. And, you know, uh, obviously, uh, if he's having a rough game, it's it's going to be one of those things where you just got to wait and to see uh, what it's really going to translate to. And I think he's more than made up for the mistakes. Obviously, uh, we're two and two. And I think both the two wins uh, have a lot to do with uh, Marcus Smart making winning plays. So uh, it's one of those things we'll keep an eye on. We'll see if he stays in that starting lineup. That's sort of one of those things we got to wait to find out. And uh, that leads me into my next topic of uh, somebody that Celtics fans are absolutely uh, letting have it, which is uh, Josh Richardson. I think he's been uh, very good on defense. Obviously, he's a bit of a streaky shooter. He did hit a few threes uh, in one game. I think it was the uh, Rockets game. Maybe the Toronto game, I, I can't exactly remember, but obviously uh, there's been a game where he's hit a few threes. And I, I think it's sort of all about confidence for uh, Jay Rich. I think uh, everybody's saying, oh, he's got to be traded. He's got to go. He's trash. I think it's just 
too quick to, to jump onto that train. I think that what he offers defensively has been uh, pretty key for us. I think what he offers us offensively is, is obviously a bit of streaky shooting, but I think uh, if he comes up in key moments, he'll sort of start to win people over. I, I think it's been a lot of people quick to judge, quick to throw him into trade talks. I'm just not quite there yet. I think what he offers us defensively is uh, far more outweighing sort of his detriments on offense. Uh, on to my next point, I wanted to uh, bring up that Romeo Langford's preseason success uh, looks like it's translating into these regular season performances. Uh, we saw in that first game against the New York Knicks that uh, he was pulling the trigger from deep and he, he did not miss a lot. I'll say that uh, he was definitely hitting a lot of the time uh, when he's been in the game. Obviously, he's been out through injury a lot already, which we already discussed may be a big issue throughout the season. Uh, but when he has been on the floor, I think he looks confident on the ball. He looks ready to shoot or make a play happen defensively. Obviously, we know he's got good length and good size to be able to keep offensive players at bay. Uh, that is sort of the opposite of what we've seen from Aaron Neesmith. That's another thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, he has been absolutely terrible. Uh, it's sort of shocking to say after the preseason that he had, which was very similar uh, to that of Romeo Langford. Uh, he just, he looks lost every time he touches the ball. Sort of looks like he's scared to get it. And when he does finally catch the pass, he's he's sort of scrambling in terms of what to do next. Uh, who to pass it to? Should I shoot? Am I overstepping my boundaries? Just or that. I think we saw last season that uh, Aaron Neesmith is very much a confidence player. If he's shooting the ball well, you can see he's really ready to catch the ball and put it up there. Uh, to get buckets, to hustle, play hard defense. I think in terms of his overall game, it's definitely taken a step back from preseason. And uh, it's kind of hard to tell in this sort of new system that he's in uh, what kind of player he can really be within this offense as you know the coaches and the players figure it out for themselves as well. I think he will be back to his preseason ways and he'll start shooting the ball better. It's, it's sort of a matter of time in my eyes. Obviously, someone could get injured and he'll have to fill in for him, and uh, that responsibility will be uh, back on his shoulders again. I just mentioned sort of the coaches trying to figure things out, uh, that being our head coach, uh, Ime Udoka. Um, I mentioned earlier that his rotations have been absolutely terrible at times. Uh, having players out of position and trying to uh, defend guys that are much larger than them, uh, not being able to get rebounds, not being able to stop other teams at the rim. Uh, another thing I wanted to bring up in terms of our defense is uh, switching off of picks and going under every single pick. It's not working. We cannot guard the three-point line to save ourselves. It's been a problem since about 2018. There's one obvious solution, which is go over the goddamn pick. Get over the screen. We have to defend three-point shooters. They're shooting at a very good clip against us. We're leaving guys like Jalen Green, LaMelo Ball, guys that can really shoot the rock even though they're super young. When you got a wide open three, it's wide open. It's what they're paid to do. These are guys that are looking for their shots, wanting to hit the shots, and uh, it's going down because there's just no hand in their face. Uh, that being said, uh, we played the Washington Wizards tonight at 7.30. Uh, it's another home game, and I think the key to this game is going to be uh, 
keeping Tatum and Brown involved at all times. Al Horford's probable again tonight, so uh, hopefully he can play, keep making an impact on the defensive end. Uh, another key is obviously going to be guarding those threes. I think that uh, Washington is one of uh, the worst teams in the league this season. Obviously, we want their golden boy Bradley Beal on our team to save him from the, the dark depths of Washington. Uh, it's a game we could lose in my eyes. Uh, there's nothing holding uh, the Wizards back from having a good night shooting. And, uh, you know, we got to guard the three-point line. I think our bigs down low will take care of the rim protection. Got to play hard defense. Got to play with effort and energy at all times in every game going forward. I would predict Tatum and Brown to both have uh, a really good scoring night again. I don't think the Washington defense can handle these two. It's going to be up to the rest of the role players to sort of uh, do their job, get these guys good shots, and uh, yeah, go out there and win the game. And that's going to wrap us up for the second episode of the Guys in Green podcast. Just wanted to thank you guys for all the support on the first episode. And we just hit 500 followers over on the Twitter page, uh, CT Green Teamers. So go drop us a follow over there if you're not finding us through our Twitter page first. And uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for everything. We love you Celtics Nation and I'll catch you guys next time.